I am Betty Collins, and this is Inspiring Women, a podcast presented by my company, Bradyware. This is the podcast that advances women toward economic, social, and political achievement. And I, Betty Collins, am here to inspire you today on your journey in life, which includes so many things. This is all about you. I am thankful that you're listening, but more importantly, that you're investing time in yourself. You can find more about inspiring women in this episode on the resources tab at bradyware.com. So today I want to talk about angel investing, and hopefully you can learn how to be an angel investor or even use one. Hopefully this will intrigue your you know, attention. Um, I have an amazing guest who is a top female investor and offers way to get started in angel investing and diversify that portfolio. What a great thing to do. You should always be doing that, but, but this is a way you can also help women. So startups and entrepreneurs struggle. You know, not because of they, they have an idea or a passion, but it's because they lack capital a lot of the times. And there is that they have maybe a lack of sense of how to run a business, but they have this passionate idea that they really want to get out there. And so capital is a huge issue. And you got to get the right capital, though. I've had plenty of people start businesses with credit cards. Do not do that. You, you will never win. You'll never get ahead. Or they get too much capital, or they don't have enough and they run out quickly. It, it's all over the place. So that's why I like the angel investing, because they can help and guide you in a different way that, that maybe a bank can't or a private equity. So, um, But you, you can get that right capital and then diversify your portfolio by being an angel investor. So startups and entrepreneurs, they struggle but not because of a great idea or passion, but really it's the lack of capital most of the time and maybe some entrepreneur skills. So you got to get the right capital and then you've got to get partners with you who can help you know how to navigate through your times. Um, So you could also be the capital and get the capital, be the capital. And if you, if you get to do that, you can diversify your portfolio. So what is it? Well, the dictionary says an angel investor it's a private investor, maybe a seed investor, maybe a, that high net worth person who's providing financial backing. Sometimes we think of them as family and friends that come in. You don't always want to do that for sure. <laughs> but the funds that those angel investors provide, it's probably a one-time investment to help that business get off the ground. Depends on how it goes. Or maybe it's that it's an injection to support and carry the company through its difficult um, early stages, or maybe you hit year five and you're going to go to a next level and it's going to be some tough doing. So I, you, you know me, if you've listened to my podcast, I'm passionate about the marketplace and success, especially for women. Women are dominating the marketplace, but they don't go as far faster. They have a longer uphill battle sometimes. And I see women in business all the time struggle it holds them back and it slows down their progress when they don't have that capital or the frustration and they and they can't give any more mentally and, and everything, right? I hate seeing that. And angel investing can be a way to solve that. Uh, whether starting up or investing, you can play a role in it. My guest today is Brianna McDonald. She's coming with this amazing experience and with an amazing company and she has an amazing role in it. 
their mission is very simple. I'm going to let her talk about some of that is, but it's to fund companies and provide excellent investment opportunities for their members. Um, and she's going to talk a little bit about kind of an overview of investing, uh, what it means to be an angel investor, or her experience as a woman investor in a very male-dominated um, industry. And then she's going to drill down into those seven tips. You know, that's something accountants love, the steps, right? The numbers, seven tips. Okay. So I'm going to let her talk a little bit about her company and introduce herself in that way. And then I want her just to really talk about a little bit about her, not necessarily, hey, what we do, right? So welcome, Brianna, to my podcast. Tell us about what you do and your company. Well, thank you so much, Betty, for having me on today uh, to talk a little bit more about this topic. I'm super passionate about it. I'm currently uh, the president for Kretu Forum Northwest and Rockies region. I have been in this role now four years, uh, but I've been a part of the organization for 15 years. So I participated a lot as an investor, as a member, learning, uh, doing that for many years prior to stepping into the role that I'm in today. But what, um, where I really come from is a long line of entrepreneurs. My father uh, had his own business. His father had his own business. And I didn't really realize it at the time because in the 90s, he just didn't talk a lot about entrepreneurship. It just wasn't a word you heard very often. And I went into business for myself. I began selling real estate after I finished college and worked with executive relocation uh, with Microsoft and all their aqua hires that they were bringing on uh, and had a very successful business doing that and, and thoroughly enjoyed it. I love to work hard and play hard. And uh, my husband started Koretsu Forum in Seattle in 2005. And essentially, when he started it here, we were the eighth chapter. We are, so we have the Northwest and the Rockies regions. There's over now 55 chapters globally on four continents and over 3,000 investors in our network, which is really amazing, the work that everybody does. Uh, but when he started it here, we were number eight. And uh, he said, come, come to a meeting. And I was like, why would I go to this meeting? I'm busy. Like, I'm busy doing other stuff. And he's like, no, 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 you'd be great. Like, come, come to the meeting. Come sit down. And I was like, all right, fine. So, you know, I wanted to be a supportive partner. And, and, and so I went to the meeting and I was 26 years old. And I sat at the table with a bunch of gray haired men. And I listened to companies pitch. And I thought, what on earth? earth am i doing here uh and and i would i was trying to figure it out and so i mean i'm nice and friendly i'm in the real estate business i can start i'm personable and can talk to people and um and the first company goes and i'm like what is this product and what is this market and what is your price point and how do you make money and I'm like, gosh, I don't belong here. Like, this is my internal, you know, thought process going on, right? I mean, we all, all of us women, we have this, you know, internal critic that goes, you don't belong here. Why, why are you here? So I'm writing these questions down. But then these men started going, well, how do you make money? And what is your product? And what do you do? And I'm like, oh, well, maybe I might be onto something. And then the next company went, the next company went. And, and I sat and I listened. And it was really fascinating um, being a part of it. And so when the next meeting came up, I was like, hey, can I, can I come to that meeting again? Can I, can I come? That was, that was, that was interesting. Like, I learned some things. And yeah. 
And there were some cool people there, and I, I, I kind of liked it. And um, Nathan was like, sure, you know, come along. And it took me about a year. So I sat and actually observed for a year. And I didn't ask a single question in the room. Just being so young and being the only woman at the table, I didn't really feel like I fit. And uh, one day I finally mustered up the courage to ask a question. I mean, and the adrenaline was rushing. I was nervous. And it was just this tiny little question. I don't even know what it was. But what I do remember is one of our investor members, who's still a member today, after I asked the question, leaned over to me and said, that was a good question. And that was all the reinforcement that I needed to know I was in the right place. Like, I actually deserved a seat at this table, and I had something of value to bring. And over the course of my many years of, of being in this industry uh, and really being one of few women who participate and really working to bring more women in is that women are highly beneficial here. They understand markets. They understand pricing. We do most of the shopping. I mean, there's a lot of things that come into play with women and how businesses get up and off the ground, how you pick your target market, how you pick your customers. All of this is really important. We just think differently about it than men do. And it's that togetherness that makes it really work. So it took me over a year and I wrote my first check in a company. I did, did receive a return. I can talk about that later, but I had some lessons I learned along the way of engagement and things. And so even though I've been in this industry 15 years, the thing I love about it is I'm still learning. You don't know everything. And being able to be in an organization like Koretsu Forum, uh, we lean on each other. We don't have to be experts in everything. We work together, the men right. and the women, but we need more women coming in. Right. And I think that there were more women coming in, there would be, you know, it's just a different perspective at the table. I know in Brady Ware, when I came there, there was there's 20, between 22 and 25 partners. And I came in, there were two of us there. Right. And the discussion is different in the room now that we have seven there. And it's not because we're maybe smarter. Maybe we are. Or it's not because we're better. Maybe we are. We just think differently. And as women dominate starting businesses and getting them up, I know you see this every day. They get to a point and men are going right past them because they have different skill sets maybe. I don't know. Some of it is the type of businesses women go in. It's hard to get lending. It's hard to get that capital from a a traditional bank, even private equity. So, you know, I love your passion behind it because that's what's got to be there. And the marketplace is crucial in this country. If we don't have the marketplace, it means employers don't pay employees. And employees are families and households and communities, right? And when the U.S. doesn't work, the world doesn't work. So entrepreneurship has to work, right? And this is just a way I wish more women who have had their success even. They don't have to have million, multi-million dollar success. But when they have their success, they become that angel investor and say, I'm going to give someone a chance because I've been there. I've done that. So obviously you've kind of talked about your why behind, you know, the passion behind that. Do you find yourself, though, more attracted to the women-owned businesses that you're hearing, or does it matter? It's entrepreneurship and business is business. Is there a difference for you? So 
Every investor has their own investment thesis, and it's really developed over time. You know, it's what moves you. And so if any woman is thinking about getting into this space, I really encourage them to listen, to learn, and to, and to figure out what that is for them. For me, it's team. And I, I, need a, I need a good team. Now, team does not necessarily mean for me and my investment thesis that it needs to be a female CEO, but the team better be diverse. I want to yeah. see diversity. And not just between men and women. I want to see diversity across the board, across ethnicity, because that is going to be where the differences are made in terms of thoughts and opinions uh, and how they come together and how that team culture works. Because at the end of the day, you can have the greatest product in the world with, you know, the best market. And if you have a team that fails to execute, the investment still goes to zero. That said, I've invested in some amazing women that lead teams, but I didn't invest in them because they were a woman. I invested in them because they were awesome. Right. Right. And, and, you know, as much as I am pro business, pro entrepreneurship, pro woman, for sure, it's got to be the right, it's got to be the right mix, everything from the product to the execution. It can't just be this passionate idea. It has to all work together. Um, let me, let me just follow up with one last question with, with what we're discussing. And that is when you come in as an angel investor and you come in at 10% or you come in at 50%, depends on how much money you give, right? It depends on what you're there. What generally happens is it more you write the check and you kind of wait and see, or is it, no, we're really hearing, we're there, we're on the ground, uh, and we get to play a role? Because I think people think I'm writing a check and I'm done. So I think that is something that is a big misconception about if you want to be a passive investor and you want to invest in early stage companies, I would really recommend a fund vehicle if that is if that's the direction you want to go, because you'll be able to diversify and and you'll be able to take that passive role in what you're doing. For me, what I love is I love being engaged. I'm advisors to the businesses I invest in. I call them up. I I text them. I ask them how things are going. And I usually don't, I usually ask them what challenges they're having. Because if I ask them how things are going, they'll always tell me it's great. So I'm like, hey, what challenges have you had the last month? And what can I do to support you in those challenges? Uh, If you stop hearing from companies, that's typically when things have gone south. Um, and, and that can, when the communication stops and that's when you need to reach out. And so that was one of the big lessons I learned early on was that the more you communicate, the more you understand with what's going on with your private investments, the better and safer you're going to be. Lines of communication are super important. And I feel like, especially over the last five years, culturally through the busyness, through all of the things that have gone on in our world, we just don't communicate like we used to. And we really should. We're here to help and support one another. And and when you get a private investor's money, you also get their their expertise. We're here to help you. Right. You know, figure out those problems. Um, we're alongside of you. We're bought into you. We believe in you. Let's do this together. Let's push forward innovation, and you know, make the world a better place. Right. Well, and I like how you talk about. Um, the advisor role, because, you know, when I talk about small businesses having that hard time where they need capital and they think everything's about capital and lack of it, sometimes it's just really you've had bad advisors or lack of advising. 
So, you know, when you, when you maybe tap into a angel investor or you become the angel investor, you have a role to play in that, that, I mean, of advising and not controlling, but advising, those are two different things. Yeah, no, definitely not. It's up to the CEO to make decisions, but, um, you know, knowing that you care and that you're engaged is good. It's definitely also, I mean, through the due diligence process, and we can get into that too here, but through the due diligence process prior to writing a check, you really get to know who that person is, how they operate, how they respond. And, and through that process, you'll begin to understand what the rules of engagement are for you as yeah. you go forward with that investment, if you choose to make that investment choice. Well, and I definitely want to get into the, let's get to the seven tips, because I, now I have my steps, I have my tips, right? I love all that. Um, and, and, you know, I just went on a sales call with a company who just went through a purchase. and. Um, Boy, I wish they would have had <laughs> advisors helping them, you know, get through the whole thing. And so I took one of my senior uh, people with me and they said, uh, what are we going to do today? I said, we're going to listen. We're going to we're going to ask them who they are and how many kids you have. And, you know, where do you like to travel? And we're going to learn why they wanted to buy a business. I mean, that that's a huge factor. I don't think you can underestimate, especially when you've been in the, in the marketplace and entrepreneurs for 20 and 30 years, you have a lot to give to someone, right? But let's get to the seven tips. Let's talk about that. Well, so the first tip I have, tip number one, is getting started. So the first thing you need to do is really think like, hey, is this something I want to do? And you have to start. Uh, if you don't ever start and take that first step and that first leap, uh, you're, you're not going to do anything with it. So um, if is this something you're interested in exploring, there's lots of different investment groups. Like I would really encourage any woman who was thinking about doing this to get involved in a group. So you don't have to go in it alone. You can really lean on other people in the group. And the groups in your region all have different investment pieces. So it gives you some time to do some research. And as you sit in, and usually if you um, just want to come sit in on a meeting or two, they'll let you do that. They'll let you come in and try it on and see. Um, one thing I, I just, I got off of a call today with, uh, with a woman um, who was interested in becoming a member of my organization. And she's like, well, I need to go fill out the accreditation form for the SEC. There is no accreditation application for the SEC. Um, it, it is just, these are guidelines that are put in place by the securities exchange to make sure that you are qualified to lose money because this is risky business and, uh, and that could happen. So typically you make more than $250,000 uh, per year salary. If you're single, 300, if you're married, or you have more than a million in assets last year, they expanded that out a bit to be able to uh, include different areas of study. So if you are, uh, if you got your degree in biology and you want to go invest in a biology company, you should know enough that if you, you know, make a decision there, if you're going to lose your money or not. So they did expand that out uh, a bit. So if you're interested in looking into that, uh, there is some information there, but go online, look at your regional groups, uh, your local groups. They tend to invest locally. 
Uh, my organization is a little bit different. Uh, we invest in a little bit later stage companies, not super early. There's more to diligence and we are global. And so we work together. So we have our regional deal flow and our regions we work in, but we also work collectively with the other chapters, uh, especially in North America, but across the world as well. So do your research is the first tip. Okay. Uh, the next one is, is um, tip number two is find Female support, super, super important. Uh, Even reach out on LinkedIn. I have women reach out to me on LinkedIn and they're like, hey, I see we have like similar backgrounds. Can we just have a call? I love that. Like I will take those calls. I don't usually take a lot of cold things off of LinkedIn, but if there's women out there looking to get into angel investing, they want to chat with me. I'm always more than happy uh, to do so. So for any of the women who are listening in right now, and please, you know, don't all bombard me at once, but you know, reach out. Like I'm happy to, or find someone in your area and they'll share their experiences with you and the things that they've learned and, and how they got into it. But, the, but having a seat at this table is important because we are driving forward innovation. And when things are cloudy and uncertain, that is the time when you actually have the greatest ability to make a lot of money. Right. And so, because you're betting on the uncertainty. So not everything's certain. It's a little uncomfortable for, for us ladies sometimes. We like to be very pragmatic in our approach and be very thoughtful about how we do things, which is also why I like investing in women uh, entrepreneurs. Um, so once you target those groups, reach out to them, talk to them, do some diligence on those groups. Uh, talk to some of the members, sit in on the meetings to see how they ask the questions. Are they nice? Are they kind? Are they mean? Is this, is this a group that you want to be a part of? Do you find them engaging? And even online, it's really opened up a whole new world of us being able to sit in on lots of different types of meetings. So that's been one silver lining of COVID. Uh, we, we had to pivot our entire business from in-person to, to virtual, which was difficult last year, but I feel like we did it pretty well and, uh, we're able to, and we've created different programs to allow people to be heard. You, you know, in talk of that, I mean, I had more people reach out to me this year to be on my podcast because we've become, we don't think about, I got to go somewhere in Columbus. I, I could have a West Coast interview or an East Coast. It's been an amazing thing. And this is a great, I'm glad to hear you say that. Um, it didn't sound like it was maybe a hard pivot. You just had to pivot. You just had to do it, right? Well, and we had to make sure it worked, right? Because yeah. we are a very professional organization and the things that we do and the steps and the processes. So trying to recreate that was not easy. Uh, but anything that is worthwhile in this life shouldn't be easy. Right. So, um <laughs> But I feel like we've done a really good job keeping the professionalism, keeping it running on time, respecting people's time and and respecting our processes and how they all work. Um, So as you sit in on the meetings, my fourth tip is to really pick the brains of the experts. So even if you're on Zoom on a meeting and you hear someone ask a really thoughtful question, you know, message them. Say, hey, I really like that question. What's your background? I'm thinking about getting into angel investing, and I'd love to know a little bit more. Maybe we can have a a quick call. Um, There's so much we can learn from other people's backgrounds and experiences. We do not need to be the experts in everything. 
And, and I firmly believe that in a collective working together, and this is why a group is so important, um, being able to do that. Our members throughout uh, Karetsu Forum in our meetings message each other all the time throughout the meetings and have private chats going and, and things like that. It's, it's our way to connect with one another and talk about the deals that we're seeing. My fifth one is, you know, find something that's interesting to you. And this comes back to the investment thesis that I mentioned earlier. Um, what really perks your interest? Now, I firmly believe in being able to diversify your portfolio. I do not believe in putting all of your eggs in one basket. Uh, so at Koretsu Forum, we look at a wide array of opportunities. Uh, we look at biotech, we look at technology, we look at med tech and medical devices, we look at consumer goods, we even look at real estate, um, and being able to have a wide range of, of items in your portfolio is really important because they offset the others in terms of the risk profile and when you're going to be able to see that return. Now, what works for you? And really figuring that out. And it's not something you're going to have the answers to overnight. It's going to just take time and, and right. sitting and, and, and learning. Um, six, we already covered this, Betty, is staying active. So if you do run through the diligence and choose to invest, staying active with that investment. Communicating with the CEO, even if you reach out every couple months. Just say, hey, how's it going? What challenges do you have today? Like that should be a tip that you take. Like as a good question to start with, what challenges have you had this month? Because um, they will always tell you everything's great. And uh, it, when you approach it that way, it, it's a little bit disarming. And then, um, you know, the final, uh, the final one is to be able to reach your financial goals. And there's a lot of opportunity here. If you do the research right, if you, if you mix up with the right groups that are a good fit for you and uh, are thoughtful about how you go about diversifying and even taking off, you know, carving off 10% of your portfolio to these higher risk investments, you can really do a lot of well and good at the same time. Right. I like that. So those are my seven tips. Yeah, well and good at the same time. I love that um, because th this can't. I mean, there's nothing wrong with. I'm here's here's a hundred thousand dollars, and I want it back, and, and I'd like to get actually more than a hundred thousand dollars back. At the same time, man, you're probably you're injecting some energy in someone that needs it, and and that's all. It's all good. I, I was fortunate enough to be on a Shark Tank type of thing. I was a judge. And it was five young women who, and they had criteria to be there, so they weren't completely startups. I was never so energized doing it. It was the fun. It, it was great. Now it's an annual event. I love doing it. So, uh, But I'd love for you to tell us a success story, kind of end with a success story, and maybe then we'll talk about one takeaway, because I would love to hear just where, it, man, this went so well, right? Well, so I will tell you, we've had a lot of success in life sciences and life sciences is something that has been, it's not easy to understand and definitely having some good experts in the room for you to learn from is good. Um, my first uh, due diligence med tech device, I'll never forget calling up one of my members who runs uh, a medical device, he builds medical devices. And I was like, okay, they're, they're contract manufacturing in China. Like, what are the 10 questions I need to ask? And yeah. 
what are the answers that I need to receive if this is like a good deal or not. So, I mean, being able to like look at that and see and looking at the FDA process, it's complicated and it's high risk, but it's super rewarding. Uh, We invested in a company, Immunomics Therapeutics, and they worked on a vaccine for red cedar allergy in Japan. So um, we, I guess uh, the U.S. went there uh, during World War II, and they planted a whole bunch of red cedar trees. And it turns out uh, Japanese are very allergic to red cedar, and it's like debilitating allergy. But they've also been able to work as a drug platform, so they've been able to work into multiple different um, allergies. And after a couple of years, they were they received a $500 million purchase order, and we received our first return from that. And able to, they didn't divest us. They just gave us the return from that purchase order. And then we kept our stock and we got a second exit again uh, last year if we wanted it. Uh, There are opportunities, even with my first company, with um, my first investment that I was able to get a 2x return out of, which isn't awesome. Um, It was a food company and I probably would be more cautious investing in a food company again. Uh, You know, lessons learned along the way because I do include some of the things that I've learned to be just as much success as the capital I received back. Um, So looking at food deals is is hard. Uh, There's a lot of competition. There's a lot of things that go into the space. Um, I also thought it was going to be the most amazing thing in the world and like put my my money in and like walked away kind of like what you talked about at the beginning, Betty, and and didn't stay in touch. And they had an opportunity to exit in 2010. And if they would have done that, it would have been great. Uh, But they didn't. And so I did receive a return. Uh, later that I was able to roll up into another investment that I'm super excited about. Uh, But there was lots of really good lessons along the way. And just as long as I'm not losing money, I consider it a win. Um, And then my final company uh, is the company, it's called Vita Inclinata. I'm a very, I'm an advisor. I've been an advisor for over three years now to this company. I invested at 8 million. They're just closing a $150 million round right now. And so being able to be a part of that effort as they continue to grow, as they deal with their challenges, um, I have a really good relationship with the CEO. Uh, it's been so great to watch their success. He got 40, uh, he got Forbes 30 under 30 uh, mm-hmm. two years ago. I mean, it's been so fun to watch them create this device that it just didn't follow a formula for me. And that's what made it exciting. It, it's it's a it's a system for helicopters. It's a load stabilization system for helicopters. I know diddly squat about that, but I do know a lot about people and about safety and about um, markets and selling into that. So pulling that expertise out and their go-to-market strategy has been really helpful, but they've been able to close some big military contracts and really accelerate growth. So I have a wide range of things that I invest in, but it's exciting to be a part of. And then my last, my takeaway, if you are interested in learning. One, you can always come reach out to me on LinkedIn, or um, you can go to my website, k4northwest.com. You're always welcome to come in and sit in as a guest at one of my forum meetings. I do six per month and you can kind of see what goes on there. But if you are interested in learning more about angel investing, just go sit and learn. 
go join a group and learn for a year. We spend lots and lots of money on education and it's okay to spend this on your financial education and be able to do that um, and learn from others. And if it's something that suits you after a year, then maybe think about writing a check, but there's so much to learn. And as you said from the beginning, tip one is just get started. (laughs) Just get going. Do something, especially if it intrigues you, right? So I would tell my audience today, if you want to get into angel investing, you've got your person. Or if you want to be, hey, I, I need an angel investor, you probably got your person, right? So... You know, I so appreciate you being here today. Um, just just have been, I could talk to you for another hour, honestly. Uh, but I know your time is valuable. And, of course, you're on the West Coast, and I'm in the Midwest. And I've never been, actually, to Oregon or Seattle or, let's see, you're in Idaho as well. I'm in Seattle. Yeah, so I'm based in Seattle. Um, yeah. Our region is Vancouver, B.C., Washington State, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, Utah, Colorado, and New Mexico. Yeah. I've been to Montana, and I've done the whole California thing. I just need to expand a little bit more, but um, it was great just having you on today. So, audience, if you want to be an angel investor or you need an angel investor, don't rule it out. You know, challenge yourself and maybe maybe get out there and get started like we talked about today. So uh, I'm Betty Collins and so glad you joined me. Inspiring women, it's what I do. And I'm going to leave you with this. Being strong speaks of strength, but being courageous speaks to having a will to do more and overcome. As your career advancements continue, your financial opportunities will grow. You need to be prepared. And you can do that by going to our website, bradyware.com, to find out more about us and the accounting services that we provide. All this and more about the podcast can be found in the episode show notes.